Did you see, uh, as one, like, little thing, one little quick thing before we sign off, um, did you see the guy from 13 Reasons Why? Yes, I did. I, I didn't, like, I knew he looked familiar just because I've seen the preview for it, but I haven't seen it yet, so oh, okay. it didn't, like, immediately click, but then, like, immediately people started talking, and then he started doing it. He did a photo shoot, I think, with one of the kids from Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and that's what I got super excited about because I love Stranger Things, and I immediately texted my wife and was like, you're going to be so jealous. She was. Yeah. No big I, deal. I saw the kid from 13 Reasons Why, and if, you, if you've watched it, it was the kid with the camera. Uh, I saw him leaving, and I was looking at him. I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? And someone that was working the event goes, he was from 13 Reasons <coughs> Why, and he's maybe 10, 15 feet away from me. And I shouted, he's the creepy camera kid. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I usually don't That's go awesome. out in public. I <laughs> I, say, I say dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny 2 Gameplay Hypecast. This special episode will include snippets of lore from the event and our first-hand experiences. I'm an Unpig, and with us this week, we only have Handsome Dragon. So, how are you, man? I'm good. I know. It, it sounds so disappointing. We were planning on having the entire cast back for the first time in who knows how long, and then real life Ever. snuck in, so it's, it was just the two of us. But it's, I'm good. Um, got back from L.A., and that whole trip was ridiculous mind-blowing i'm still trying to like process you know mm-hmm. how amazing everything was and then immediately get thrown back into real life you know i work probably 40 hours in the three-day span and i'm just exhausted but it's good to be here yeah. how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing well i am doing well uh you know i'm just i'm just eager to get into uh into all this especially because in a little bit uh we will be having we'll be joined by someone else who was at the event uh, Mercules from the Destiny Massive Breakdowns podcast, which you should all go mm-hmm. check out if you are not already. Uh, mm-hmm. They they are it's part an, of the uh, the network with us, the Destiny mm-hmm, Tracker Network. Mm-hmm. They they are a numbers podcast. They give you the, the the numbers for the weapons and the gear and all that good shit. Uh, Mercules is sort of like the uh, the AI uh, failsafe, mm-hmm. except actually useful. Uh, who uh, for anyone listening, if you haven't watched the strike video, go go find some strike gameplay. The dynamic between failsafe and our ghost is just fantastic. <laughs> I love it so much. It's failsafe is very useless. It's like I'm registering enemies near you, and it's like you're getting you're just getting bombarded. <laughs> and he's just going, <laughs> "You're not helping." <laughs> like, so our ghost does not like fail safe and I love it. Uh, but this week we do not have a weekly highlight. You will probably notice we don't have a super lore advice. We had such a good one. We had such a good one ready. Was a good one. But, uh, you know, with no one here, it makes it difficult. Um, so we'll do that another time. And we're just going to jump right into uh, some gear text. I I got all the gear 
it was a pain in the ass, but I got all the gear because some wonderful people uh, that I don't remember the names of on YouTube took the time to capture it all. The issue is I did not get one set because it was locked in the campaign gameplay, which was Ooh. not capturable. So we're missing one set, and sadly, I remember some of the text, like not exactly what it said, but I was like, oh, wow, this is actually some pretty interesting stuff. So <laughs> we, we sort of missed the good one. But uh, let, let's get started. Dragon, why don't, why don't you start us off on that first uh, Titan Vanguard set? Perfect. Yeah, so this is the Titan Vanguard set, and first is oh, the uh, shelter. But before, before I actually, before we begin, because... You're going to notice it, but just before we start it, these are all test names, so there's no difference in the names. So just... Yeah, it's just, they're all, for this one, it's the shelter in place. Yeah, so just read, um, don't, don't repeat the shelter in place, and just get yeah. obnoxious. This <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, I'm assuming it's like a helmet, gauntlet, chest, boot, yep. mark, or yep. awesome. all right. So the helmet is, uh, where is your home? That is where you will fight hardest, Zavala. Uh, and then the gauntlets are, uh, some armor doesn't protect you so much as just make the dying slower. <laughs> and the uh, chest piece, this armor won't stop a cabal round, but it'll buy you some time before you die. Uh, the boots, that each of us have many lives to give for the city is a traveler's greatest gift, Zavala. And then the uh, mark is, titans are both the shelter and the storm. That last one sort of sounded warlocky, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> but so now we have the what I what I, I call the animal set. It's the set with the lion on it. Uh, Noble Constant Type Two. Take pride in your duty. Uh, which I hate that pun so much. <laughs> but so the gauntlets. So long as one titan stands, so too stands the wall. The chest, steadfast and true. The boots, our sweat, our sacrifice, our responsibility, and the mark. Where you stand, they will fall. I'm just imagining the things Dredgen Yor would do to the person who wrote that pun. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Uh, do you, do you want to tell them the story? I've been telling that story a lot. Yeah. So if you wanna... Yes, this is a good story. Yeah. So we're at we're in LA and we're at the event. And at one point, I kind of, I had seen John Goff out of the corner of my eye, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. I, at some point, I need to go up and talk to him and introduce myself. And John Goff, uh, for those of you who don't know the name, is the author of the, the Dwindler's Ridge story. Um, you know, the Thorn cards, the Last Word cards, the, uh, the Shin Malfer, Dredgen Yor, and Jaron Ward, Ward stories. Um, and so I, I kind of checked my phone, and I have a message from him on Twitter saying, hey, are you at the event? We get together to talk, and so my mind's just blowing up at this point. I tell Ian on, I was like, I got to go to the bathroom, but John Goff's here. He wants to talk. We're just go find him after this. So I was like, all right. So we're standing in line to play, and he starts walking past. And so call him over. We start talking and having a great time, telling him we're having fun. And during the reveal, uh, when they're talking about the guided games and they're showing the, the different clans, um, one of the clan names had a a pun and it said every every was it, every rose has its hawthorn was yeah. that was that what it was that's what yeah it every was. rose has its hawthorn and so and on asked you know asked him he's like was that was that yours like did you write every rose has its hawthorn he's, and he kind of <laughs> shakes his head he's like 
He no. got mad. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you, you say what he says. <laughs> it was... Uh, oh, fuck. Um, no, because like, he, he got no. mad, and he, he said how uh, Dragon Yor would kill anyone who makes a pun in front of him. And then, like, <laughs> we're laughing about it, and he he goes... And actually, anyone from the from the Dwindler's saga, or the Dwindler's Ridge story, would fuck you up if you said a pun. And Shin's a nice boy. <laughs> <laughs> and Shin's a nice boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was one of the highlights of my day. I, I, I asked down. him, you know, I had to ask him. I was like, can I can I quote you on that? And he's like, fuck yeah, you can quote me on that, which is so um so refreshing to see because I did try to to sort of goad a few little like jokey things out of other Bungie employees, and they were very like, mm, I, can't, I can't do <laughs> like, that. Nope, nope. Um, so just in case, disclaimer. He's joking around. <laughs> For some reason, people can't yep. people can't understand. Like it's just we're it's having a, a good time. Yeah. We're making a few jokes. We're having a laugh. Calm down. No. The worst part about okay. that though was that <laughs> it was so funny, and I I was so amazed just like the whole conversation that I completely spaced on asking to get a picture with him, yeah. and it wasn't until he was like out of the door. I'm like, ah. Yeah, I, I forgot to ask if we could make out. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was really yeah. embarrassing. It was embarrassing. <laughs> so, All right, let's yeah, let's let's move we'll get back to, the to this the text. It was a, that was a good story. We had to share it. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is the Hunter Vanguard set, and the, the placeholder name is the Took Offense. Uh, helmet hunters are big on the outrageous fortune, emphasis on outrage, and fortune. <laughs> the uh, gauntlets. The best defense is offense because then your enemy's dead. The second best defense is good armor. <laughs> like that one. Uh, the chest is... It's all good fun until it's not. Uh, the boots. Ten paces. Sidearms or hand cannons only. Usually to the third res. Do not target ghosts. That's uh, Duels for the Road by Kate Six. Uh, and then the uh, class item is that uh, this armor may not be as thick as rhino hide, but it does smell better. That's something. So I, I actually love this set. Uh, the design of it, I'm not a fan of, but I do love the text. And mm. Cade wrote a book. Duels for the Road. Cade wrote one of the, now I think it's four, Hunter books that we know of. But let's move on to the the Hunter Animal set. The Bandersnatcher. The helmet says, you put the snicker in snickersnack. <laughs> I don't even know. The arms say it makes perfect sense to you, and that's all that matters. Jess says, "When you have, when have you ever known hunters to do as they are told?" And the boots say, "Mostly hero, but with a healthy dash of monster too. That's what it means to be a hunter." And um, the cloak says, "Banders beware." And it was at this point that I had actually, in, in taking these notes down, um, that I noticed, and I just want to share with everyone, class items no longer have stats. They have, they do have a defense uh, rating, which I'm assuming is they're also going to have a light, the equivalent light level. But that's that's the simple thing, you know. Boom, mm-hmm. 200. There you go. You don't need to worry about that. You needed to worry about how my cloak doesn't have. 35 35 intellect discipline and it's freaking useless because it doesn't yeah that's good yeah that's good 
because yeah um so warlock vanguard set um xenos veil fourth is the placeholder name uh helmet it demands a swift and terrible response gauntlets there is no city without the warlocks chest we were all strangers once even the traveler boots the realm of the strange is the warlock's home and the bond is new things are only strange until you behold them then they are even stranger I actually really like that i really yeah. I, I really do like that i feel like i'm talking quiet again and i have to i have to speak up <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so paranoid about that now but so uh then there is the only crucible set that we saw the warlock crucible set the anka seeker four the helmet says we have much to teach each other the arms say focus not unto the death but on the rebirth the chest hotter than the furnace the pure the hotter the furnace the purer the metal and the boots developing a theory is one thing proving it in the field quite another that's the beauty of the crucible Icora Ray. And then the class item is actually the binary Phoenix Bond. Uh, the Phoenix that the Phoenix that fights itself and rises from the ashes stronger than ever. That is the crucible. I love the boots uh, description on that one because it's like it, it tells just this community you know exactly how we are. Like you'll see these posts on Reddit with these theories on which gun is best, which Mm-hmm. class is best and all these things like the only way to figure it out is you have to guys listen like to massive breakdowns podcast yeah yes, exactly absolutely. you have guys like mercules <laughs> and catch on massive breakdown well they'll they go into the crucible and they test them and yes, they, they do they oh. prove what is best yeah so that's awesome i like that quote um so i'm going to move on to uh, kinetic weapons um we have better devils that was the hand cannon i believe mm-hmm. it was uh, angels it. can't did it was, it was nice. Right. And actually, I want to talk about that one after you finish these kinetic Okay, weapons. it says, Angels can't help you here. Um, and Sweet Business, was this the Odd Rifle? I never played that one. Uh, Skate Lock was... Uh, oh, no, yeah, Sweet Business was the Titan Exotic, the minigun. Okay, I never played that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, I love my job. Um, Skate Lock, so this weapon was forged by Devram K, the 8th, for the, for the survivors. Uh, does not compute. The engineers aren't ready for us. That was a scout and rifle. Then, yeah, nightshade was three drops is all it takes. And that was a pulse rifle. I didn't play with that much. Did you play with that much? I did. I used that one um, as that one and the auto were my two main ones. Is that um, accurate? Is it, was, a, is it a three burst pulse it rifle? It was. It was a three burst. Um, okay. I, it was rare. I don't know if it was because my aim was a little off or what it was exactly, but I. I did get one three bursts, but uh-huh. most of them were like a four burst. Yeah, because I was watching gameplay with it. It looked like it was just a lot of four bursts. But um, gameplay uh, that we sort of like learned from uh, Keen Koala, as he said, from an event like that, there's actually so much latency issues because they have so many people playing on like that one network. Because mm-hmm. uh, I said I was saying how I felt like really like my aim was really oddly off, and I didn't know yeah. why. And he, he said it was probably just that, and that's it's always happened. Yeah. So that might be why um, 
Nightshade was not a three burst consistently. It was just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it yeah, was. Well, that's why I didn't, I didn't use the scout for that reason. Like mm. I heard other people saying, "Oh, the scouts are fun," so I tried using it, and I felt like I would be right on the head, and it'd just be body shot, body yeah. shot, body I, shot. I'm like what? <laughs> I was using, um, and it was it was actually not. I don't think I was using better devils. I think I was actually using the energy weapon Suros GJS forty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was either that or better devils. Uh, it had a perk, and that's sort of what I want to talk about. And um, we're actually recording this after our talk with Mercules, and I wish that I had noticed this because it was actually something I wanted to bring up to him before he had to go, but I didn't. Uh, um, one of these two guns, I forgot which exactly, had a increased accuracy on first shot for a hand cannon. Hand cannons are supposed to have perfect accuracy on the initial shot. So I guess in Destiny mm. 2 they don't. Mm. But at the same time, they didn't feel bad. You know, they didn't feel like that first shot was just fucking shit. It was, no. you know, it felt like the first shot was the first shot. So maybe they tweaked the formula and now it's not just completely crap. So now not having a perfect initial accuracy doesn't hurt you. Where now it can be a perk where having perfect initial accuracy is going to help you like it's going to be that mm-hmm. much better uh but yeah. so uh one other thing is i want to talk about the naming convention excuse me naming convention for these slots we have kinetic energy and power they don't call them element they call them energy weapons and i know like everyone colloquially calls the weapons and elemental primaries but they're not elements they're energy yeah they're energy and mm-hmm. I think that's very important because people like think like Pokemon and it's like, oh, fire and a lightning. Those are those are elements and void uh, dark. You know, that's that's an element, too. That's like, no, they're they're types of energy in this universe. That's yeah. In Destiny, they're it's light. It's energy. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's why we're never going to get an ice based subclass. Ice is not energy. <laughs> um, so the phosphorus MG4. Uh, this is an Amalon submachine gun, I think. The Star in the East, the Fire in the Dawn, and then the Red Mamba 3MG, and I'm pretty sure this is a Viced uh, submachine gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I think Venom it was. is Swift. Then the Suros hand cannon, the GJS 42. Powerful, clever, acrebic. Suros. Then the Urchin 3SI. I will draw them in and take them out, which is another vice. And then um, the Exotic Hand Cannon, the Sunshot. Can't outrun the Sunrise, Liu Feng. Now, that was sort of a Thorn archetype with a Fatebringer perk set, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it also didn't have Firefly. It had like the Icebreaker perk where any kill would cause them to explode. So much fun to use. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> like it at first, but it, it did grow on me. I'm excited mm-hmm. to actually get it and actually play with it. Yeah, it's got this like dragon fruit. Mm, yeah, the yeah, magazine. Like ammo uh, mag. Yeah, which is it's super not really cool a magazine. <laughs> um, and then the last one is the Risk Runner. Charge your soul and let the Electroc electrons sing which mm-hmm. that's a really interesting gun um 
it has a perk where taking arc damage refills the magazine and also makes you deal more damage. So it's very situational, but apparently if they ever hit you with arc damage, they are fucked. Like it is the buff that you are getting is like a, it is a buff. It is not Mm -hmm. just like, eh, it's a little bit good. It's like, no, it is a fucking buff. Yeah. Not to mention that it already has, um, the just energy weapons in general Mm -hmm. do more damage against sub, uh, against supers is what, uh, crystal radio guys discovered. And so when you already have energy weapons already do, you know, times X amount more damage, then you have this perk that does more damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, arc runners are going to get screwed. Or arc striders. Yeah, arc striders. All right. Then we have so, the power weapons. You want to take Power those? weapons. Yep. This is the Nadod D. Uh, your piercing light knows no limits. Your searcher's heart, no bounds. So from hockey. Uh, main ingredient. Now stir the sauce. Vanguard. Uh, and then it was retrofuturist. Or retrofuturist. They were so optimistic about us. The crucible weapon. Uh, Copperhead 4SN. My fangs are bared. Bard. As uh, a vice. Was that um, the rock Sniper. grenade? As a sniper, okay. Oh, I like that sniper. The uh, the Nadad uh, D that was, the... was the grenade launcher, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yes, I think you're right, because I remember it being hockey now that I think about it. It, it was definitely um, hockey. Yeah. Uh, Morgan D, your domain is the battlefield. Its ways are your ways. Hockey. So, uh, <clears throat> there's there's always a naming convention within the within the foundries, and Vice is our newest foundry, so let's just uh, take a minute to actually talk about some of these weapons on a bit more of a... Um, aesthetic level i suppose before we Mm -hmm. uh wrap things up entirely um vice seems to really like naming it after an animal yeah possibly is our our red mamba in this yes oh okay so then vice is very like poison based like their names so copperhead red mamba urchin uh, yeah. And also, did you did you actually like really look at them? Um, I did not. They have a very um. If I if I say gothic, I feel like you won't people won't get my <laughs> meaning because I don't mean like gothic like um, like the goth that evolved from punk. I mean like gothic like medieval like uh not medieval. Um, yeah. Or do I mean medieval? Yeah. Yeah, just like kind of like the Dark Ages, kind of like that Gothic style, yeah, like Gothic of ca- art, cathedral, or design. Gothic, ar- mm-hmm. like Gothic architecture. That's that's yeah. that's that that'll make you think the right thing. Not not Vice, hot topic goth. Yeah, Vice weapons are Gothic architecture styled weapons, and they are very cool because of that. They're like very, they're very like dull greens and whites and blacks. As opposed to like Cirrus's bright like reds and whites and mm-hmm. Haka's like vibrant oranges on the matte grays and Amalan's like sleek black and blue uh, looks. Vice is very distinct. And yeah, I, I didn't get much time to kind of look into him too much. Yeah. Uh, just because I, like... 
Because we we couldn't inspect the items there, so mm-hmm. all I could see was the. Oh no, I was I was just looking at people. Icons. <laughs> oh oh, got it. Yeah. My my crystal teams did not like me much. You're just walking I was around. Playing. I was I was looking. Ah oh, nice. damn it. I was playing. I was I was playing with my Galahorn from the swag bag, and I, I broke a piece off. Now. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Oh play. shit. You know what? I forgot to do again. I always forget to do these things. Uh, so before we go into our little segment, which is sort of our like hands-on experience, interpretations, and thoughts on the event, the whole event, most of the event uh, with Mercules, I want to. <laughs> I just want to say two things. Uh, one, if you did not get the code word for the Cade 6 figure, we already said it in last week's episode. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It's in last week's episode. So for whatever reason, you skipped last week's episode. Go listen to last week's episode. I forgot what the code word was. Otherwise, I would tell you. Um... And secondly, I remember, but I'm not going to give you a hint because you need to listen to last week's episode. Oh, see, he's just an asshole. I would have told you. <laughs> I just forgot what it was. <laughs> um, More cowbell. Oh, is that the code word? That sounds like it'd be yeah. the code word. <laughs> he, was, um, he was drunk last episode, so he doesn't I remember anything. I was not drunk last episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to say is because I wanted to give it to a chance for our listeners, the people that don't follow us on Twitter. Um, I went around at the event and I got everyone I could find to sign a little postcard thing. So it's got like tons of Destiny community members front and back covered in signatures. We're giving it away. All you have to do to be entered and we're gonna we're going to announce it hopefully next week's episode we are going to announce it on air so you should be able to hear it on wednesday on the normal release date of an episode um if nothing goes wrong uh i just mean to say like with me i'm moving it's to be honest i don't know what the hell is going to happen um so (laughs) if i can still do it like i'm sure someone will announce it but just in case uh something happens to the Greeks as Mericles. Uh, how's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? 
we are well. <laughs> Doing really good. Yeah. Everyone's having a uh, a great week, right? Well, <laughs> you got. I, I see you asked a loaded question because I got my car broken into this morning. But besides that, it's been oh. an awesome week. It's really, it's really been like everyone has just not been having a good time, and it's, it's not even just in comparison to have been uh, coming back from Destiny Two and sort of just being forced into Destiny One, which is 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 hard. Although, yeah, that doesn't help. Like, for the first time ever, I legitimately did not... Like, the new job I have, I love my new job, did not want to go to work on Monday mm. at all. Like, played some Destiny 1, was not feeling it, was just like, God, this September, come on. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's kind of funny, because it kind of had the opposite effect to me. Like, I didn't... I don't think I played Destiny for the entire week leading up to the reveal, and, like, I just didn't have the drive for it. I was so excited to go to LA. Like, I didn't have any desire to play destiny one and the minute i got back i was just like i just got to jump back into this universe and like yeah i'm missing a lot of the things i played in la and i'm like dang it i wish i had two hand cannons right now or i wish i had this this heal ability on my dawn blade or i wish i had dawn blade <laughs> like just that alone but it's i've still been enjoying getting back into it yeah. to me it just it felt kind of broken after d2 like d2 mm -hmm. felt so smooth and like mm -hmm. polished at mm -hmm. least the part that we played <clears throat> And then mm. to come back into and Destiny that was, 1... That was a very basic hit. build. Too. Yeah. Like, the very basic build was so impactful on on the gameplay of, of like, our interpretation. Like, I agree. It's, it, it's like, I'm playing Destiny 1 when Destiny 2 exists somewhere right now. Like, it's... Uh, mm -hmm. No, I am better than this. I have standards. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been rough, man. The amount of special weapons and the amount of abilities in the Crucible, like... I was really very much enjoying the gameplay of Destiny 2 and then to come back and be sniped by Icebreaker 10 oh times in a row or yeah. sidearm to death or like just any number of very, very annoying things. It's like, man, I cannot wait for that beta. Yep. Mm. And Same then the beta is going to end and it's going to be just like Destiny 1's beta all over again where you come, <laughs> I, or at least for me, I came into it knowing nothing about Destiny and then when it was over, I was like... Like, when's it coming out? I need my fix. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it was for me. Like, I didn't, I actually didn't want to buy Destiny. Like, I was yeah. not really playing a lot of video games at the time. Like, I was, my daughter was, like, six or seven months. And so I was doing a lot of dad stuff. And then my brother, like, forced me. He's like, no, it's fine. Halo, we haven't played together in a long time. You're getting this game. It's going to be fun. Like, fine, I'll do it. And, like, he got me by getting into the beta. And, like, I got into the beta. And then it was, like, I am hooked. I love this. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. It was like the time between the beta and the game dropping was just like, this is terrible. I need to play. I need my fix. Yeah. The beta giving us access to the moon was like the best way to get everyone hooked. I remember like spending as much time as they gave me on the moon, running around, trying to get into the temples and basically just doing as much as I could. I mean, like this, this is incredible right now. And I knew, I knew it was going to be a winner. See, I was, I was so uh, naive back then. I did like the mission they gave us and then I never went back to the moon during the beta. <laughs> like I was like, that was fun. I can't wait to finally go there when destiny finally comes out. But like, it didn't occur to me that I could actually go explore. Uh, yeah. I think but... I spent no joke. I spent two hours in patrol. My first time going through the story on, on the Cosmodrome mm. because I didn't realize it was like an open world patrol. I thought 
I just saw this icon on the map and I thought that was my next mission because it had like the level cap that I was at. Mm. And so I went in there thinking it was a mission and I kept seeing the tabs of, oh, go to this area. And I'd pick up the patrol, I'd complete it. And I kept, I probably did 20 patrols. And I'm like, when is this mission going to end? <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is the longest mission I've ever played. Oh. And then finally someone had to break it to me. Like, it's just a patrol. It's never ending. <laughs> you know, as it, it's, it's fun as it is to get nostalgic about uh, Destiny 1, there is actually destiny to to talk about and all three of us uh were so lucky to be invited out to hawthorne and we all got sat, sat down in an airplane hangar on chairs that are meant for preschoolers <laughs> and just really close together in a very sweaty hot room and that was <laughs> worth it overall it was worth it I, i'd do it again yeah Absolutely. i would do it again it was it smelled bad but i would do it again <laughs> And we got to see a brand new cinematic featuring Zavala. His first time waking up and uh, sort of his build to who he became. Uh, what, what was uh, what was everyone's impressions on that like whole thing? Uh, I got goosebumps from it, honestly. I've said this like 14 times in a bunch of different circumstances because I keep <laughs> telling people about it. Yeah. But honestly, that's what it was for me. It was amazing seeing a character who we know as like, this basically a god in the destiny yeah. world as far as guardians go being like us dying over and over and over again i had a little uh panic attack because i didn't <laughs> because it's not it's not clear when you were first watching it that this is zavala's origin story they don't go like zavala origins like a marvel movie it's just it wakes up with zavala being woken up woken up and it looks like it's it's clearly in a crash so my thought was the tower just fell, Zavala woke up, and then like Fallen are there, and I'm like, oh shit, no! And then he dies again, and I'm like, <gasps> like a little like half half second of like, can he be revived? Like I didn't, I don't know, maybe, son, and and like it was uh, it was it was awesome to see where he began because like you said, he's he he's sort of like a godlike figure. Like I would not think Zavala would die to a vandal like this random vandal can just kill him and that's it and that's that's like not the end of him but that's the end of his kill streak you know uh seeing (laughs) seeing him be weak was very uh eye-opening yeah it was it was super exciting i same uh as you were just saying mercules like i showed my wife the that this opening cinematic today and as we're watching it, like I just the goosebumps go up both my arms. I'm just like, and she looks over me. He's like, "You're ridiculous." <laughs> like, how many times have you seen this and you're still getting goosebumps? <laughs> like, it's amazing. Uh, a, a little insider information: what, what Anon say, uh, Anna Pig says, is, is exactly true. We're sitting there watching, and like the moment it clicks in his mind, he, you can just see him like bouncing in his chair, like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god, it's his origin story." Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was so exciting. <laughs> I feel bad awesome. for uh, I feel bad for Dragon and Mr. Woodhouse. <laughs> uh, they were sitting on either side of me, and they had to deal with my freaking out because I can't <laughs> I can't freak out quietly. I have to freak out and let the the immediate radius of me know why I'm freaking out. So <laughs> they had to deal well, with with everything going on and yeah. me. Well, that's part of what was so awesome about this event because like normally when I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out in my office by myself. Yeah no one else around me and like this circumstance like these our surroundings we were surrounded by hundreds of other people who were freaking out over the yeah. same stuff or shouting awesome. and cheering yeah. and now it's like in the next stream when i'm just sitting like 
in my car outside work watching the stream before I have to go in and I'm shouting and screaming. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be really awkward. Yeah. Into a step yeah. call, we can scream at each other. And it was it was amazing. I mean, being in a room with a bunch of other people who love the game just as much as you do, and everybody's cheering and reacting to seeing dubious volley and just oh all these God, things yes. that, like, even seeing the first story mission behind the doors, like, mm-hmm. is it was incredible. It was so yeah. it was so tremendous. Just this echo in the crowd. That's the door behind the tower. We're going to see. <laughs> it's like we wanted to see it for years. Yeah. There were so many things they showed us that were things that like people wanted to see. They needed and to see. they showed like the sweeper bot is total fan service and that door is total fan mm-hmm. service and the dubious volley, like all these things. Katanas and stuff like that. It's just it's amazing. Oh yeah. So uh uh just one more I just before we actually move on, I just want to say one more thing about Savala's cinematic. Uh probably the most like not heart wrenching because that makes it sound like it's a bad thing, but the thing that just like sort of made made me like sort of clench up and like try not to like cry in public was when uh, <laughs> baby Amanda pushes her mm. way through the crowd and she looks up and sees the Arcadia class jump ship flying off and you can just see it in her eye that she's like this is gonna be what I'm gonna do and I'm like you go Amanda you do the ship thing like I was just like so happy for her and it was it was so awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that was Amanda. I mean, I know it now, obviously. And yeah. before you said that, I knew it. But like during the trailer itself, I was looking at so much other stuff. It didn't even like click mm-hmm. in my mind. I was Amanda. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's a little girl. Like maybe yeah. there's going to be villagers and stuff in this version of the game. Oh, no. It didn't even click that it was Amanda to me until someone said online. I was like, oh, yeah. actually, that oh. does make sense. And and then Bungie actually, uh, people at Bungie did step up and say like that was Amanda Holiday as a child. Uh, it sort of breaks the lore, but at the same time, she was so adorable that it's allowed to. So I don't mind. <laughs> but uh, so then after that cinematic, uh, Luke comes back on stage and he, he gives us a few uh, previews into what's going to be coming up. And he actually said something that I'm so happy that he said about. And I just want to touch on that uh, because people always look at the PSN achievements and say less yes. than 1% of the people have completed the raid. And it's like, no, less than 1% of the people that have ever play, put a second into destiny have completed the raid. And you know how many people just played the free demo and then never played again, or how many people made a second account and then never did anything with it and stuff like that. The, the real number that people should be quoting is 50% who reached the level cap completed a raid so level cap 40 50 percent of them had completed a raid which that's pretty good that's that is very good it's still 50 percent of the people did not complete a raid but 50 percent did so it's not this like holy shit we're god tier no one's actually doing the raids it's you know, Bungie, Bungie's LFG in, in game is absolutely necessary because no one's doing the raids. It's like no people are people are doing it. It's just mm-hmm. the number gets skewed. So what was that like? Two percent of people who played hit level cap at some point total. Oh, I don't even know. I assume it would be if it was fifty percent of the people who hit level level cap did a raid and one percent of people had done a raid. I guess that mean. Yeah, only 2% of people are hitting max life. But then again, like you said, we've had, what, like 40 million accounts or something like that Mm -hmm. log on to Destiny. And and Destiny's not for everyone. It's okay if you play it and don't like it. You know, that's that's your own thing. 
It's just when people are saying like nobody is rating when very clearly a, a 50% of the population is, is rating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that'll change a lot of people's perspectives too. Like you know, when I talked to the uh, guys over at Destiny Truthcast, you know, mm-hmm. that was something they'd mentioned. They were both very pro. There has to be matchmaking in the game. And it, for those exact reasons, they would go onto the Xbox achievements and say, look, 4% of the guardians have even, you know, completed a mission for the vanguard like or have reached level five for the vanguard like that's like no one's playing this game like you need matchmaking and so like, it's it was good to get some clarification on that but uh so then we get to see the homecoming cinematic which you know zavala has that very dramatic scene where he throws up the war to dawn and for some reason unlike any other defender cannot move while he's in the ward of dawn and uh, it was it was very emotional, uh, cinematic though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the tower being destroyed. It was the place we've all spent probably fifty percent of the time we've had in Destiny yeah. in general. Easily, yeah. You because know? I bounce around there all the time. Like even when I'm not doing anything else, like I won't even be playing Destiny because I'll be talking to someone. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the tower just like running in circles and hopping. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you yeah. need. You're, you're, your your Destiny gameplay is you, know, you got ten percent end games or activities. 40% in the ra- uh, in the tower and 40% in orbit. That's pretty much destiny. Yeah. And, and usually it's like after, with my old raid team, we used to go like raiding so late into the night and then we would just end up in the <laughs> tower and we'd spend, we'd spend like two hours in the raid and then an hour or so in the tower just bullshitting and talking mm-hmm. and just having fun. And we'd go so late that it was a very common occurrence that I would fall asleep with my headset. <laughs> so they would be like, oh, where's Anon? And then they see me just like walking into the postmaster and they're like, oh, he must have fallen asleep again. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so <laughs> that that also had the, the gameplay. And like you said, the sweeper bot was fan service. The, did, did, did the sweeper bot kill the cabal? <laughs> I didn't think about that, but I certainly hope that's That'd the be case. awesome. Because yeah. there, and there if is, that is the case. There is two dead people at his feet. <laughs> yeah, it murders them with the uh, with the broom. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just sweeper like bot arc straighter confirmed. Did y'all see the frame that had Twilight Garrison on it? They had been no, shoved into the wall. Didn't. Oh yeah. yeah, the uh, the the red jack. Yeah. Yeah. How legit is that? A frame with Twilight Garrison on. God, I wish we had characters like that in in the actual gameplay with us as opposed to just in the lore mm-hmm. well actually well yeah no that's a very good point because that they that, that was a red jack that was one of uh shax's uh crucible battle frames and uh we've never we've only heard about them we've never seen them and i really hope that maybe there's even shax missions where it's like we need you to go uh clear out this pvp map and like we get this like pve mode for a pvp mm-hmm. map where we just like go in there and battle with red jacks and we like clear out vex or hive or something yeah that would be awesome imagine like on a crucible map and it's like firefight from halo where the enemies just know, keep but... coming and coming and coming and coming and when you die the red jacks like clear out the rest of it and you win but you just try to see how long you can go that'd be awesome before you die that would yeah. be awesome yeah That'd be that'd be a very interesting way to uh, sort of prolong the gameplay. You a very a very core uh, horde mode. It's just very basic. Just enemies keep coming in waves, and you know slowly you'll need to not not run out of ammo. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, one of my favorite parts of that cinematic, though, yeah. was after Zavala puts down his bubble and he's calling people to him, uh, you know, you see Cade go into his his typical hero mode and he pops his golden gun and he starts trying to shooting his golden gun trying to take out these you know hundreds of ships which is just it's Cade but and then you see Ikora come out and like blink him into the bubble and like mm-hmm. save him from getting hit by the rubble like that just that scene was so cool I think both of us squealed a little bit on that one that 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 bothered me a little bit when not when I <laughs> not when I was watching it live but when I went back to watch it for these notes I was like what was Cade's plan like what was he even shooting at <laughs> like there's a bubble in the way there that he's shooting at ships that are like a quarter mile away in the sky and I mean like even with like dead eye and over the horizon you're not fucking taking out a ship Cade. like what you, what is your goal here but, <laughs> It looked uh, cool though. <laughs> yeah, one thing I sort of hope about in the in the uh, homecoming mission mission though is that that this was just an alpha uh, build uh, or early build. It wasn't technically an alpha build, but uh, alpha build uh, is that I hope when we actually get the game, Zavala is actually needed because as it stands right now, when he goes Guardian to me and he throws up his bubble. And you feel the compulsion to go sit in his bubble while uh, the ships fire at it. If you're not in his bubble, they're just firing at his bubble. They're not firing at you and making you like get into his bubble. You know, they're they're just firing at his bubble for the effect. And mm-hmm. while I like having him in the mission with us, that is awesome. That is a very good step. I would like him to actually have a use to us as well, not just. <laughs> Don't just make have him more a like picture. an AI to him. Yeah, not just a... yeah, I think and... that too. I noticed that in the gameplay, like the although you see other characters in the gameplay, which is a step up from Destiny One, mm-hmm. they don't actually do anything. Yeah, they're kind of like a set piece. They don't run with you. They don't think. They just do a set event. Yeah, and, and then they're done. And even if that was it, but if it was sort of like you need to work their set event into your strategy, if that was the case, that'd be awesome. Like if it was the ships, if if the ship would actually target you and that should not be too hard. And the only way to survive the barrage was to get in his bubble. Like, what if that was it? Like we do this first mission. We've never had an NPC before. We're like, how the fuck do we survive this ship? And then it's like, Oh my God, Zavala is sitting in the back with a fucking bubble. Like I go in his bubble and it's, it's almost, it's giving a mission a mechanic. It's giving it more depth. And you know, like, I would like to see that, and if it doesn't happen because it's like too late and they they didn't really plan for that, that's fine. It's just it's something that I would like to see moving forward. Yeah. Uh, so Amanda, you know, she picks up picks us up in the Hawk, and I'm all I'm all excited to see Amanda again. She's she's clearly becoming a uh, a focal point. Uh, she should be. She has good. She has good chemistry with the other characters. She's not totally like comic relief, yeah. like Kate is, and she's not as I don't want to say like dull as Eris is or as Zavala <laughs> is, because like they're great characters, but those characters are very dry ninety yeah. percent of the time. Like they make they're a joke every once dull, in a while, but they're dry. Yeah, I agree with and. That. You know, Ikora is like sarcastic a little bit, and she's got a little bit more emotion than Zavala and Eris do. But mm-hmm. Amanda seems like a normal person, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily have the weight of the world on her shoulders, but isn't quite as just 
you know, Cade's almost like the Joker to me. He's basically just crazy at this point in time. He's good, but he's like, he's kind of insane <laughs> a little bit, you know? Like, the way he treats things, the way he treats life, the way it's all a joke to him, he's kind of insane a little bit. He has no fear of death, it seems. Um, I guess most Guardians don't, but he in particular seems not to. And Amanda seems like a real person to me. I really like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so... We, we don't see the full mission, because that wouldn't be fun. We see a middle slice of the mission, and we, we did get to play the middle slice of the mission later on. Uh, but just from the stream, then Luke Smith comes back out, and he changed his shirt while he was off stage. And later, he was quoted saying, everything I do is for a reason, when someone asked him, like, why'd you change your shirt? Uh... What what do you got? I I heard that it was because he was hot, like he was wearing two shirts and he took one off and he's just being an ass and saying everything I do is for a reason. Which well he he's is, correct. It was for a reason. He was hot. Yeah, no, exactly. And that would that would make sense. And that would that would be very fitting for Luke Smith to sort of lead us on, thinking like, oh, oh, what does the shirt mean? Like in like go Seventh on a chest. chase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But what what do you what do you think do you think there could actually be any significance in his shirt? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I don't think so yeah. either. I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I wouldn't say significance. I think they're just there are things we'll see in Destiny that they maybe haven't announced yet mm. that we're are just foreshadowing maybe something that can, well well maybe maybe after E three we'll look back at this and be like oh shit that's what his shirt was about and then yeah. like oh yeah it was for a reason but. I don't think it's like some secret quest or anything crazy like that. Well, so then <clears throat> he talks about all the things coming and Dominus Gaul, and he gives us a little bit of info about Gaul, and then we see another uh, trailer. This play, this time it's uh, the gameplay trailer with Cade. Moving on, just uh, you know, just that stuff. It's it's sort of hard to talk about a cinematic. You know, everyone's watched it. Uh, we don't really need to break it down. But then Steve Cotton, the world lead, uh, comes out, and he talks about the 4v4 across all game modes. Uh, and also, he says how patrols, uh, you can launch activities within the patrol. You don't need to go to orbit. You can actually go, the director opens up, not from orbit, but from where wherever you are. And how there's adventures and lost sectors. And lost sectors are sort of uh, dungeons with a boss and a loot cache. And there's several adventures, which are 15-minute to 20-minute missions. And several lost sectors on every uh, every world. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? Are you, are you excited so, about that? I mean, I'm excited because it's a bigger world and it's a world to explore. And even when the limited content Destiny had, I still love going on patrol. I mm. loved... Mars. I loved exploring the buried city, and I loved Venus, and I loved the Cosmodrome. I loved all of them. Like I really, really enjoyed them, and I'm excited because these new worlds look to be bigger and a lot more detailed. That being said, I'm not getting super hyped up for adventures and for lost sectors for a couple of reasons because I just don't see how they could possibly have any type of real replayability without resorting to just like straight RNG and even then it wouldn't be like tremendous to me like the way I look at lost sectors is they're probably like the caves that we went to in destiny one when we were low level and we got killed by some question mark enemy right mm. and we assumed there was going to be some like loot cache behind him when we were finally high enough to kill him 
that's the way I kind of look at what lost sectors are going to be, but like a little bit longer, like a series of caves. You walk in, you explore, you kill a couple of high level enemies that you're not going to be able to kill at the very beginning. Like you're going to have to get to the end game and then come back and kill them. Mm-hmm. But once you kill them, I think that's pretty much going to be it for lost sectors and adventures. I think they're just going to be like long patrol missions. I hope that the story missions itself are all like the one we saw and that adventures are just like their new version of patrols or something like that. Well, they've, they've called, uh, in an interview, they they called adventures specifically side missions. Uh, they, I forgot who said it. They called it side quest, and then he corrected mm-hmm. himself and said side mission. So they're very specifically a. It's it's very specifically a like one off. It sort of sounds like the mission that doesn't actually progress the story in any way. It's just there because it, it's it's progressing the world sort of like it's it's making the world feel more lived in. So it's like so, the hive are doing some nasty shit over there. Can you go take them out for me? And it's going to, it's going to be like, well, what does this have to do with gall? And it's like nothing because it's a world and there's other shit going on in the world. Do this. So side they, for me. they had that in D one. Like they had mm-hmm. core missions, which had their own emblem and then they mm-hmm. had side missions, but they were not well distinguished. They were not to the point where most people didn't even know they existed. They just thought they were all story missions. Yeah. So as long as they distinguish the core story missions and the core story missions are like what we played, like long, cinematic, drawn out, they make it feel like the level was built for the story as opposed yeah. to the world was built and then they just overlaid a mission on top of it, which is what I felt like was an issue with D1. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see any patrol necessarily, but we did we with the strike we did get to see a bigger expanse of world. Uh, in Destiny 1, the worlds felt very empty and sort of like they felt like each room when it wasn't in a very closed environment it felt very empty and then when it was in a closed environment it felt fake it didn't feel like this actually had a purpose at any point in time it felt like it was just like we need a choke point to put enemies in and this is going to be it and it was it was this really odd like very uh structurally odd but uh what we did get to see recently has felt like you know, when that door goes down and we see the spicy ramen shop and the other, like, kiosks, and it, it feels like this was a part of the city that the civilians would be in. It didn't feel like, what, what is this room? What is this this weird computer device over here on this in this one corner mm-hmm. next to Baron Wall for 40 feet? Like, who, who designed this warehouse? You know, it's it's so odd. But that yeah. that, that place felt lived in, and I really liked it. Yeah, and I hope maybe that's just part of the way the story is going to be told now. Like, a lot of Destiny 1 was exploring areas that's, that had been abandoned, mm-hmm. by at least by the humans or um, guardians and the people of the city. But so now that we're fighting in our own ter- territory, our own backyard, maybe they'll have that more living feel. Um, the thing that got me excited about Lost Sectors, though, was actually when i was doing some research on this the whole no grimoire thing which we probably won't discuss today because that'd go too long but um cotton was talking about them and he says the lost sectors you find when you discover those dungeons and these bosses you make your own stories as you go as a player and so that quote like it doesn't really give you any details or any information really on it but the idea that it could be different for each player or depending how you play it kind of excites me yeah um i i have sort of two variations of a hope for the lost sectors i either hope that they're going to be on a weekly reset and you go in and so i think there was like six lost sectors seen in uh the european dead zone so let's say there is six uh 
you can do six every week. You can do all six of them. And they have their own loot pool. So they have their own guns. They have their own armor. And it's sort of like a mini raid. So essentially at the end end game, you're going to have the raid. You're going to have the vanguard. You're going to have the crucible. You're going to have your factions. You're going to have this. Like, we're going to have like an abundance of gear to go after. With like an overwhelming amount of things that we're gonna desire at the end of the at the end of the game, so it's gonna almost feel overwhelming at at what to do. It's like oh, I don't uh, I didn't do my lost sectors yet. I didn't do my raid yet. I don't have my PVP gear yet. Like uh, just like give us give us too much, you know. Uh, and if not on a weekly reset where it's a guaranteed loot cash item drop. Uh, make it a like a rerunnable thing. Don't put a excuse me. Don't put like a reset timer on it. Put like you run it and then you leave and then you can run it again. The loot cache, however, will be like very basic stuff, like uninteresting stuff. But the boss has a drop chance, sort of like what they tried to do with strikes. They had a very low drop chance, and then they were like, "Eh, we don't like that. Let's do skeleton keys instead." Uh, sort of go back to that. Give them a very low drop chance, but they're easily farmable. So like you can just sit there for a couple hours running this lost sector, trying to get the get the helmet off the guy. You know, something like that. Yeah, I never understood why bosses didn't just have chances to drop exotics on their own. Like, why do we need three of coins? Couldn't mm-hmm. you just give every boss a one in fifty chance of dropping an exotic or something like that? Like, it doesn't need to be one in five like it is with three of coins. It could be. 1 in 10 or 1 in 20 or something like that, lower. Because yeah. I think exotics should go back to being more rare than they are right now. This is kind of on a different subject, but the ability to farm and hold Ingrams and then level yourself up immediately after a content thing was one of the biggest flaws, I thought, in Destiny's later game at the end parts. And Three of Coins was a huge Agreed. part of that. Completely agree, yeah. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like they said it like really early on. Uh, I forgot. I think Deej might have said it, but they said when they made Des when they didn't know how to make Destiny, you know, when they set out making it, they didn't know what the right thing to exactly what the right thing was to do, and it's a learning experience. And they've tried many things, and I'm hoping Destiny Two is sort of like the culmination of everything they've learned. And so far, it sort of seems like it is. God, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, pretty much everything we saw in LA was, you know, in some way, shape, or form, almost direct feedback for what we've been giving him for the last two, three years. Yeah. So then we have the New World cinematic, uh, where we get we get a little glimpse at Titan, Nessus, Io, and, and the European Dead Zone. Uh, Titan literally has no landmass, but it has what appears to be sort of like. A multi-level, like multi-floors, multi-leveled building that's like on the inside, where you you can be like on the uppermost level or the lowermost level that'll actually even go under the water, uh, or under the what was it, uh, nitrogen? Yeah, it's a nitrogen ocean. Yeah, nitrogen ocean, not not water under the night the liquid nitrogen. <laughs> Sounds safe. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm extremely stoked for that level. It looks amazing. I just love the idea of being on. It reminds me of a level from Halo, which Blackout, maybe the one that's on like an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean, yeah. except for a million times larger. 
I'm stoked about. I hope it is. I hope it is larger though. It so it looks like that's going to be one of the smaller maps, or at the very least, appear as a smaller map because it might actually be like level on top of level on top of level, where it's like you're looking around, and you're like, this isn't that big, but if you were to like take each one and lay them out next to each other, it's actually pretty large. Uh, but that is one of the more interesting maps. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely most excited for Nessus because. Uh, Nessus is a centaur planetoid. Horse people <laughs> confirmed. Horse people confirmed. Yeah. Cade called it's, it. Did we get in, did we get invaded by horse people? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been attacked by horse people? All I can think of is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Forest when you all say centaurs. <laughs> well, uh, fun fact: a centaur uh, planetoid. Oh shit! I forgot it. Oh well. Uh, it was a fun fact. It was. But... <laughs> I promise. It was actually pretty neat. Oh man, what was it? It was. It was that it had. It exhibits attributes of both a planet and an asteroid. Its orbit, or a planet and a comet, something like that. It has like a hundred and sixty or hundred and twenty twenty-two year orbit around uh, uh, Uranus or something like that. It, so it's. It's a neat little uh, planetoid, and it's it's cool that we're getting it. I think I think because that sort of like came out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck is Nessus? So like <laughs> Bungie has like really like thought like, okay, well, what can we give them? What is like really weird and like exciting that we can sort of just like throw at them, and everyone's gonna be like, what? And that was exactly what that was. I I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I'd never even heard of Nessus before this. I wasn't even sure yeah. if it was just something they made up or not. Yeah, I thought I thought like like a rift opened up and like a planet just appeared in the solar system, and it was like everyone was just like, you know, in in the game, everyone was sort of freaking out. But like from what we saw, it was already like after the freak out, so everyone was just sort of calm about it. And I was like, I don't I don't know what's happening. It wasn't <laughs> until like two days after the event that I'd learned about Nessus. Yeah, it was quite confusion for my part. I was like, Nessus? I was like, I've heard of Titan, I've heard of Io, I've obviously heard of the European Desert. Nessus? I was like, eh, maybe they just made up a planet and threw it in there. Yeah, but I'm glad to hear it's actually sure. real place. I'll go there. Yeah. And then, uh, so, uh, Zavala goes to Titan, Cade goes looking for his horse people, and Ikora goes to Io, which is apparently the last place the Traveler touched. And if you actually look in the cinematics with Ikora in the in the skybox there is a giant crater mm-hmm. like it looks like the traveler physically rammed in to this moon yeah that'd be cool <laughs> traveler like... traveler body slamming celestial bodies yeah that's that's what it looked like it did it was just, it was just weird that i saw that uh when it, well, like, it was just weird when i saw that but uh so that's that's sort of the the bulk of the stream the only other thing um was something that was said after uh what do you think about private matches not coming out at launch uh as long as they come out like in due time meaning probably around december when the first dlc drops i'm not going to be super mm-hmm. pissed about it mm-hmm. i mean i'm going to have so much to do for the first couple months That's that point. private matches i wasn't even going to use them anyways honestly i was never going to go into them and the competitive pvp community is going to cry and scream about it but i mean they can wait for three months or whatever De- they've made it brutally obvious in destiny that they're not catering to like the mlg crowd 
even if they mm -hmm. want a better PvP experience, they're not trying to do the whole like they don't want to be Call of Duty. They don't want to be Overwatch. You know, they focus yeah. way yeah, too hard on CSGO. PvP for that. Exactly. Exactly. Thank God, man. That community. You don't talk about toxic. Holy crap. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but so they they did say it was going to be before the first DLC. Now the first DLC is well. They said that about Trials of, of Osiris, right, or whatever. Oh shit! Trials was it Trials? Did. Yeah, I think. I don't think they gave a timetable for private matches that I'm aware of. If uh, it's... Yeah, no, no, you're right. That was it. Was in the IGN interview. Um, well, Trials then, we'll just mention that, Trials also isn't dropping at launch, but I think that's actually sort of fair, because they're sort of taking Trials as sort of like the PvP raid equivalent, where day one, we're not getting the raid either, you know? Like, that's mm -hmm. gonna come a month or a month <laughs> or so after, which is fair, which is fine. Uh, but, so they mentioned the first DLC and said mm -hmm. Trials will come before and to sort of go back a little bit when they when they were talking about clans uh there was the every rose has hawthorne clan and their little <laughs> tagline was just like every december has its dawn just like every space cowboy slings their guns year long every december like they specific like why why is december having a dawn well, if I had to guess, I'm sure it's some. There's some literary reference thrown into there that I have no idea, and I'm sure Kit Kutcher would know because he's our resident literary guy on the Massive Breakdown <laughs> cast. But I'm sure there's some literary reference in there, and I'm equally sure that they picked it for a reason to signify that December. I mean, I think it's going to be exactly the same as the D1 schedule. December is going to have mm -hmm. uh, a DLC, and then spring is going to have a DLC, mm -hmm. and then in E3 in June they're going to tease whatever the big DLC for the fall is, and they're gonna let that hold us over until uh, until next fall, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think they followed a similar process with Taken King with regarding to trials. Like they took it away for it, and I think it was like you might remember more than I do, Mercury's but two weeks, three weeks. Like it wasn't that long. Maybe mm -hmm. I think maybe three weeks is what I remember. Yeah. Well, but, I just I just wanted to say I want I sort of want to take it a step further. Uh, that there was actually not a literary reference, but that they are teasing us the first DLC, but not only the first DLC, but the naming of the first DLC. That it's going to be something Dawn, like Dawn of Osiris, or a new Dawn, like we're rebuilding the city, a new Dawn, you know, something like that. Mm. Well, like, we'll find out in December, I guess. <laughs> or, or sooner. I mean, like, they'd have to announce sure. it at launch, it right? Before. But uh, so we we don't have uh too long left with you, so let's get what what is your uh what is your what is your class of choice like what what do you mean? Oh man, I'm hunter gunslinger all the way, man, all the way. How excited are you that gunslinger is returning? Dude, so excited! I, they they were never gonna take away gunslinger. It's too much of like a classic just classic destiny class the whole mm -hmm. golden gun animation how well it fits with the last word like mm -hmm. gunslinger is what i think of and i think what a lot of people think of space when they cowboy. think of destiny that's classes. They, that's yeah they exactly wanted. they want space they magic it. space cowboy and titans for some reason <laughs> titan is basically just because they need to put master chief in the game somehow yeah no that was it it was it was the remnants of their past uh so what do you think about the choice 
for the cluster perks because that's that's something that I'm not happy about. I'm not a fan of it either, honestly. I think it was. I understand they wanted to streamline customization, mm-hmm. but I think it was massive overkill. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't like having to pick a different armor piece for every individual weapon they have. Yeah, like they didn't want to have to pick different weapons for each you know, ammo type, different weapons for each reload type. They didn't want that. And I understand that was needlessly bloated, but everybody I know enjoyed picking their options for the subclass. It made it feel unique. No one complained Mm -hmm. about subclass choices. They complained about armor subclasses. It was here you go. It is done. Customize armor. It was like, this isn't 100% fucking get rid of it. This isn't hand cannon reloader. Fucking get rid of it. Like it was, it was so restrictive. Whereas the subclasses Mm -hmm. were like, perfect yeah Uh, so i'm not a fan of that cluster thing (laughs) honestly like especially because with the gunslinger so the way they look at it is like oh you're gonna have to weigh the pros and cons of everything that's not the way it actually is going to end up working the way it's going to end up working is you're going to look at one perk in one of the subclasses and be like that's by far the best perk and Mm -hmm. you're going to pick that subclass to be damned what the other three perks are Mm -hmm. like because you really really want that one perk so you have to sacrifice three other choices to get that one perk. And you can say, well, you can live without that one perk. You really can't. Like on the Gunslinger, one of the perks made the super shoot six shots, which you think, okay, that's awesome, until you realize the super lasts like five seconds and has a one-second animation <laughs> it's, time. It's like less than a cleophage. Uh, yeah, it's it, half yeah. of it, like yeah. half of it, literally. It was atrocious. You would literally pop it. And run around a corner that was... and be halfway gone. Oh no no no! See, I I didn't actually read the perks before I went in, and when I got my super, I was so ready. I I was like, okay, I know they're on B, and we're in PvP, obviously. I know they're on B. They're in rugs, and I pop it around the corner, and I run up the street, and I get around the corner, and I'm out. And I'm like, what happened? Like, what did they do to my gunslinger? Like, why did they neuter me? <laughs> I was I was so I was so devastated to feel like so weak and. I, to to say that the six shooter the way of the outlaw is the one with the six shooter so let's just say what else there is there's bombs for bullseyes which is precision hits generate grenade energy yes i want that in pvp chains of woe precision kills boost reload for you and nearby allies yes i want that for pvp explosive knife throw a knife at enemies that explode shortly after impact when melee energy is full yes i want that for pvp six shooter go fuck yourself i just ruined it yep it's like oh so you can have those other three great perks but you can't have a super basically and i know that they want that to be the trade-off that it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. but to me that's not a fun way to make trade-offs like at all you basically i want to make a whole bunch of different selections and you've basically minimized my choices down to two and i don't appreciate that the same way i don't appreciate really that they took away intellect discipline and strength but that's a whole nother thing well i'm i I don't want to say i'm okay with it i want to see what that does before i make an opinion on that because like these things, like mm-hmm. we can we can sort of form an opinion before we really get the hands on, like really get into it. Because it's very it's very clearly streamlining it, and it's very clearly, do you want Hunter A or do you want Hunter B? And it's like, I want neither. I want Hunter my choice, like my fucking way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the lack of uh, intellect, discipline, and strength didn't bother me as much because I I think their idea or what they're wanting to do is, it might be that one thing that they did for the MLG community where it made it more streamlined where everyone's going to have the same recovery. Everyone's going to have the same, um, you know, super regen ability regen. 
um, not recovery side, but like uh, strength, discipline, intellect. Um, but they made it more where you got to choose your armor, your agility, and your recovery. And that, those were based on your armor perks. Um, so I, I kind of I like the idea of it. I'll have to play a lot more with it um, just well, I mean, to see how it works. But I understand why they did it. It's just I liked the ability to choose, okay, now I'm on my Night Stalker. I really want my grenades and melee a little mm-hmm. bit faster. Like everybody ended up getting basically the same amount of cooldowns off. Like everybody yeah. at the end was at tier 11 or tier 12 or somewhere around there. So at that point, it was still fair-ish. You could either choose to get your super faster or your grenades and melee faster or whatever. And I like that choice because it made me feel like I could customize my subclasses just a little bit more. And I understand them scaling back the boost that it gave you. I'd be totally fine with that. I just liked having the ability to say, I'm playing on my gunslinger. I want my super up immediately or i want my dis or i want my grenades back all the time i liked having that ability and when they took it away i felt very awkward only getting a grenade back like every 45 seconds or something well yeah there are there's two things i want to say about that um they it seems like they are really trying to make the the pvp and that's that's sort of my issue with it they're making it it's a it's i think i might like that change for pvp but for pve it felt very like like what even am I? Because it was like, what do you mean I don't have my super, or what do you mean I still don't have my grenade or melee? It felt very like, it felt like I was a lot weaker. Mm-hmm. And in a PvP sense, I think I'm okay with that because they wanted it to be more gun focused, less ability focused, uh, which is interesting. Maybe not the best choice, but it's interesting. Well, the thing yeah. is, abilities are what makes Destiny unique I among agree. shooters, yeah. and taking away abilities, like I. There are points in time where I would not necessarily forget what class I was playing, but I would question for a second. Like, I'd be surprised by my own jump if I had just been running around for a mm-hmm. little while. Because, like, I hadn't had a super, I hadn't had a melee, and I hadn't had grenades in over a minute. And that means every class is basically exactly the same at that point in time. And, there's like, no all, now there's anymore. no Titan skating, there's no Warlock surfing. Mm. So I would, like, pause for a second and be like, wait, what am I? And it was just this weird thought that, like, it felt like they made all the classes very similar. And I'm not particularly a fan of that either. We talked about this on the Massive Breakdown cast. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is out of everything that I saw that I loved, and there's a ton of it. This is one of the things that I am a little iffy on. Mm -hmm. No, you're you're making a very good point. The way way that you mentioned that, like, you sort what made a gunslinger a gunslinger was that I had my throwing knife, that I had my incendiary grenade or my trip mine grenade, which was exclusive mm-hmm. to my subclass. And to not have those, at the very least, in a in a in an elimination format, to not have those every round, but to only get mm-hmm. those every other round, and rounds go by fast too. It, yeah. it felt yeah. very like. Half yeah. the time you're and, half the time you're a guardian, and half the time you're playing Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those. That's one of those things I'm trying to hold out complete judgment until like the actual beta, because um, I know there was word that the timer for the the third ability was mm. increased so that you would use that more, and so there's just as likely a possibility that they decrease the timers or they they put a, a longer yeah. timer for your other abilities so you wouldn't use those as much yeah, so, so that, that those you, new abilities using were the new more guns and you're yeah. using new abilities that's so fair. i mean there is a chance that is what they did and so that's why it felt for us yeah. that it was so low so i'm trying to hold out but i i completely agree and like 
and also it definitely abilities are what makes destiny destiny and not battlefield or not call of duty <laughs> and also uh that was that was actually sort of my second point uh we don't really know what armor is yet and from mm. what i've heard there were armor pieces that were directly decreased uh grenade cooldown but they were only actually featured on the strike armor sets so it it feels like we were sort of getting gypped but there might actually be an intellect discipline strength perk like instead of Mm -hmm. i need to spec out for 300 intellect or 300 discipline and 120 strength i just need to have make sure i have my like two discipline perks and my two intellect perks and one strength perk Mm -hmm. and that might be a great thing because yeah i'm sure we've all all all, both of you have had the same experience where you do trials or you do a raid and you finally get that gauntlet drop that you've been waiting to get Mm -hmm. and you get it and it's got hand cannon reloader it's got grenade uh increased grenade throw and then it's got 82 percent stat roll you're like oh of course throw this in the trash (laughs) you know so maybe that's their way of trying to fix that situation it feels bad it really does (laughs) It really does, unfortunately. But we'll see how it goes. And um, mm. unfortunately, on that note, also, I've probably got a, about a rollout. It's nine fifty-eight. Got to be done at ten. So okay. Well, then I, I have, I have, I really have to. I just want to. I just wanted to say this really quick. <laughs> so uh, apparently, knows uh, Mark Noseworthy has been quoted saying, depending on what guns you have in your kinetic and energy slot, something interesting might happen. Really? I did not know he said that. I have not heard anything about that. I wonder if he's talking... I, did, I don't I just, know. Maybe I just wanted. To, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to make you... Uh, I just wanted to let you leave with that thought. Make, like, make your head spin for yeah. a little bit. That, now your girlfriend's uh, going to come home. She's going to be like, what's the matter? <laughs> and I'm just going to be sitting in a corner <laughs> and rocking back and forth. I can't yeah. concentrate, babe. I'm like, sorry. Is it dual <laughs> wield? Like, can can I rock <laughs> dual wield SMGs? But, oh, uh, man, how you funny know. would that be? Just, just uh, so if you gotta go, then absolutely tell us, tell everyone where they can find you and your amazing podcast. All right, uh, I am Mercules904 on Reddit. I am Mercules904 on Twitch. I am Mercules904 on Twitter. That makes it pretty easy. And then on SoundCloud and YouTube, we are Destiny Massive Breakdowns, and we do stat-based uh, like gameplay analysis, and we talk about archetypes and weapons and. We're a numbers podcast. That's that's pretty much what we do. We also sometimes do like helpful tips and tricks for different game types. And I don't know. We, we try to mix it up a little bit. But if you're looking for, you know, PvP chatter, if you're looking for which weapon is the best, if you're looking for how to build your loadouts, then that's what we're here for. Awesome. Sort of, sort of hurts um, build your loadouts. It sort of feels like, or actually no, because I'm thinking I'm still on subclasses. <laughs> You know, weapon loadouts, they are going to be very, very interesting now with essentially two primaries and one power. It's going to be a very interesting uh, thing, especially if especially if there's some secret perks that can that can happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, bef- I got I to gotta go, but before I do, that whole new weapon system, I'm a huge fan of. I, I love the two primaries, one power. It felt great. Well, it's Agreed. been a pleasure having you, man. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Yeah, it's Thank good you guys seeing you in LA, me. and it was good talking to you again, but... Yeah, it was nice to meet you guys, and I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll be on here again at some point soon, and I'll also see you guys at Guardian <laughs> Con, so we'll have to do podcast pizza party one more time. I won't be at Guardian Con. <laughs> what? God. Come on, man. One time. You gotta we'll, make it that. We'll, we'll, make it, we'll, make it, we'll make it a year or so. Handsome Dragon, where can people find you? You can find me at Handsome Dragon, the O's are zeros, on Twitter, on Twitch, and now on YouTube. 
I don't know if I'm actually going to do anything on YouTube, but it's there if you want to follow and subscribe. Mm. And on Pig, where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me on my Twitter. And I posted a YouTube video on the same topic that you posted a YouTube video on. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get into that now. I don't think we should actually get into it on this show. Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's why we, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of funny, like we both did our individual videos on it, and we didn't collaborate on that at all, and I think we both felt for the same reason, like this show isn't a platform to say our personal opinions on yeah. things like that. Yeah, it's probably um, the best. Yeah, but um, if if you're curious on our opinions on the yeah, current okay. No Grimoire statements so, you can check out i'll just yeah, say like what what it is we i won't i won't make like the show a soapbox but i'll just say it's the fact that it has been confirmed that the exact wording is there is no grimoire on the website in destiny 2 which might not seem like a big deal but to people like us it is absolutely a big deal it, mm-hmm. it directly impacts our qua- uh, efficiency for quality. Mm-hmm. So we're not yeah. not many people are happy about it, and I understand the people that that don't do what we do. I understand like why you're gonna be like, oh my god, this is amazing, <laughs> and it's fine. It's fine that you mm-hmm. like it. I'm not mad that you like it. I. I'm just a little hurt by by Bungie. Yeah. It just feels yeah. like they didn't care. I, I was getting a little red in the face last night. I was talking to my clanmates, and we've been like, we're we're all friends in real life, and we have played together for the last three years in Destiny. And like, none of them are lore people. Like they, yeah. they every now and then be like, hey, Chad, what's going on with Rasputin? You know, something like that. But mm-hmm. they were just so adamant. Like, people are, I can't believe people are mad about this. They're so idiotic for being mad about this. I'm like, oh my gosh, and like argued with them for like two hours. And it's just like yeah, so it's, frustrating that they weren't. That's that's actually what I was like. Okay, I got to put a video out to try to <laughs> at least get my thoughts and stuff on this out. Just explain why we're not mm-hmm. happy about it. But yeah. Uh, so if anyone's interested, there's there's more than just us. It's not just us that have. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still playing with this damn toy. I love it. <laughs> I love your toy it so much. It's so fun. <laughs> um, it's not just us. You know, a lot of people have spoken out about it, but. We won't go any more yeah. into that. So have a good one, Guardians. Yes. Have a good one. Oh. Thanks for listening. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so next week. Next week we will announce the postcard winner. The week after we will announce the Cade 6 winner. 